look, look, I, I know they expect me to like freak out or, or you know, shit my pants or, or do something. <sighs> I, I don't care. I, I, I really don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not just going to make up some, some outrage. It was a, a fucking insecure person that gets his rocks off and targeted the wrong group of people. I mean, he, he's already looking at legal issues. No, not for me. No, I'm, I'm going on. And I'm going to be honest. and I'm going to say, fuck it. Hey, 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 it is me, Ryan David, and we are back after uh, a week hiatus to, to recharge our batteries, examine our social media structure, and do all si sorts of fun things. I'm joined by Bert. Hey, Bert, does that sound like some bullshit to you, or is it, you know, I got deplatformed, so we had to take a week off? Right, right. I mean, it's it's bullshit, but it's accurate bullshit. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, welcome, welcome everybody. Thank you for turning in to Nerd Cognito, especially this week because, hey, uh, I need some sort of distraction. Um, I'm not really spinning about it. I'm not, I'm not even angry. It's just, just a weird situation. And I know a lot of you have turned to the Nerd Cognito Twitter account, which is run by the powers that be. Not me. Not me. I, I, I want to say that up front. It is not run by me, <laughs> I, I, but um, a lot of you have turned to that and said, hey, wh what the hell's going on with RD? In fact, I found out from our friends and fans and uh, a, a lot of good, good people in the OSR that I was banned on Twitter from them before I found out from Twitter that I was banned on Twitter. <laughs> wow. Um. So, of course, people are saying, hey, you know, we've got to talk about it, and tonight we shall. Although, Bert, I, I don't think that either the responsible parties that have been gloating and taking responsibility on Twitter this week are going to be quite satisfied. And I also worry that our friends and fans are not necessarily going to be satisfied because I'm not really you know, twisting in the wind over this one. Should I be? Right. Well, I mean, you have always hated Twitter, so... <laughs> I, I have always hated Twitter. But you know what, what? what's really interesting? Since sort of the birth and the resurgence of the OSR, I kind of liked my peeps on Twitter. I enjoyed the conversations and the like-mindedness uh, of, of just going on and really not getting told that I'm a ho horrible human being and that they hate Ryan David. So I guess a little part of me is disappointed, but I, I really did hate Twitter. <laughs> you, my friend, are unscathed because you're smart and you do not have a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, because I, I have no Twitter. I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge social media guy. I keep myself busy with other hobbies, so. So... I guess the story that needs to be told is sort of what I experienced from my end of it. And, and it's really pretty benign, Bert. Um, I don't know. 
there wasn't a you know gross, vile, horrible tweet that, that right. Twitter targeted. There wasn't a a um, you know any calls for violence. Anyone who knows me knows that that's not me. Anyhow, there there wasn't hate. Um, you know, I wasn't pulling out bed sheets or you know forming a lynch mob or anything. I okay. just got this message from Twitter saying that, uh, hey, your account is permanently suspended. Why? And I've talked to a couple of people that have likewise had permanent suspensions on Twitter. And, you know, they're like, well, they show you the tweet. And I, I, I sent them a screenshot of, of the email. There, there's no tweet. It's just gone. Um, you violated our terms of service. How? That's the question. So within moments of apparently this happening, two of our dearest sparkly friends took to Twitter right away, and they were gloating that it worked, it worked, it worked. And lo and behold, apparently there was some sort of subversive movement to just report every single fucking tweet I said. I could have said I had eggs for breakfast and it was getting reported. And they totally gamed the system. Um, apparently, with the algorithm, algorithm, with the algorithm, <laughs> uh, once you get so many from enough of a variance of people, it just says "fuck you." And I was the recipient of that "fuck you." So, eh. so don't like you get you suspended from Twitter for for, for forever, forever. Which. Um, Again, I don't know what the expectation for me here is. Should I be shouting? Should I be upset? Uh, I'm not really deplatformed because you and I are still talking, right? Right. right. <laughs> and, and our dearest friends know how to get a hold of me. And uh, I think, if anything, it was just a kick in the ass to the powers that be to finally use the Nerd Cognito Twitter account. Because, as you can imagine, when... I was no longer able to promote said show. Uh, their asses got in gear on that account, and they're rebuilding. So good for them. Good for us. It, it sucks, but I, I don't know. The expectation, I think, is that I should be like railing and naming names and dropping screenshots and, and doing this and doing that, but it, it's it's kind of like when we talked about it before, I kind of don't give a fuck about it. And right. I mean, people are expecting you to rage and burn the world to the ground, and you're just like, eh. Okay. I'll be more productive now instead of tweeting out stuff. I can focus more time on things like this show, some of my other projects. I don't know. I feel, I feel as though I should be reacting differently. Maybe, maybe I should be shouting. Maybe I should be hollering and, you know, saying Crazy Dave this and Drunk Joe that. And um, I don't know if it was Crazy Dave or Drunk Joe that were in on it as well. But uh, I know that um, apparently the Sparkle Trolls had had enough. <laughs> but just remember, folks, every time you use the phrase Sparkle Troll, I smile on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> My force ghost is, is, is right there with you. So, um, shit, I don't know. 
deplatforming is kind of a puss move. It's just it's just how I see it. If 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 words hurt you that badly, you need a therapist, man, not a gaming table. Well, I mean, there are some words that people should not use, but uh, you know, I I haven't seen any of them in your tweets. Even in, even the most vile words, right? Let's say I get toe to toe with just an angry, shrieking "see you next Tuesday," and I drop that word on her. It's a fucking word, man. It's my old school coming out again, I guess. Right, right. You know, the old sticks and stones type deal. But really, so go ahead, Bert, because I, I, I have very little to say. I, I, I feel right. like I should, there, but I have very little. Is there an appeals process? Have you reached out to, twi- the, to Twitter? The appeals it, process or? was I was able to appeal, and that appeal was resolved within 20 minutes, I assume, by a computer, not by a person. Okay. And it just said, uh, nope, we're maintaining that you violated our terms of service. No, no specifics. Just, um, you know, sayonara, my friend. So, hey, it is what it is. You would think you would get at least some sort of explanation. I mean, am I am I angry that it happened? No, I'm actually a little more ups- a little more angry that they didn't tell you that they didn't give you any explanation for it than that it happened. I mean, well, the explanation for it is that there is no explanation for it, right? There were just a lot of people reporting my tweets, and it hit the magic number threshold. We were talking to uh, Denton Sal months ago when one of his books was taken down from Amazon. You remember this, right? Right. right. The same principle comes into play. You know, someone knows the magic combination of unique accounts and reports that will get the average user, because I didn't have millions and millions of followers, um, I'm, I'm happy in my humble corner over here. Um, but someone knows that if you spread it wide enough, no matter how thin it may be, that apparently this will happen. So, eh, eh. <laughs> uh, for, for our sparkly friends that are listening, I'm sorry I'm not giving you more of what you wanted, but um, I have lots of other places and avenues to, to channel my true thoughts, which again are just opinions, and then as Grandpappy said, opinions are like assholes, Ryan. Everybody has one, and they all stink. So, <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter it's is, a- the powers that be on the Nerd Cognito uh, Twitter account, which I guess now I should plug that right. Uh, they right. are rebuilding from scratch. So, if you're listening, please give a follow. It's at Nerd Cognito on Twitter. Um, and you'll be talking to the powers that be, you know, I specifically don't want to make it a, a, a you know, Ryan two sort of account. Right. I, I want to let the powers that be do what they will. And if I have a pithy comment on the show, they can do that. If they like some of the things that I used to do before, I noticed this weekend, I was taking a peek at, at the account and, uh, you know, they were doing some of the vinyl stuff that I used to do, which is great. They're carrying on my sparkle trolls screenshots which is fabulous so you know have at it guys have at it guys um but uh yeah if if you need to get a hold of me 
you guys know where to do it. Or you can email us, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com, and those emails will find their way to me. And, you know, I'm still on the atrocious Facebook. <laughs> Facebook slash I hate Ryan David, but I'm not really active there a whole hell of a lot. So, eh, social media blows, Bert. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, that's why I tend to avoid it. Like I said, I have, you know, five gaming groups and a bunch of other projects that keep me busy. Right, right. No, I, I, I definitely, it's not as though I'm, you know, stretching for time, which I think some of these sparkly ones are. I can't fathom, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode. I can't fathom being so invested in disliking and hating someone Someone that has you blocked that you create a doppelganger account just to stalk that person. <laughs> that that's that blows my mind. Uh, People do it. I I, I I see this. I see this. Um, one of the one of the the sparkle trolls that was gloating that my account was suspended is is one of those. You know, I saw the writing on the wall months ago, and I was like, nope, don't want to deal with this asshole. And it takes a lot for me to do that because I'll listen to just about any sort of opinion. But when it's just attack, 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 attack for the sake of attacking and pumping up his product, eh, it's pretty transparent what you're doing. You're, you're pillaging me and other members of the OSR for content, and I'm not going to give you that content. So, <sighs> look at this, Bert. I take the high road again. What's wrong with me? Oh, I don't know, Ryan. I mean, I, I, you know, I've known you to take the high road before. Usually, you like to get right down there in the mud and you know, you know, get get uh, get dirty with everybody else. But yeah, you know, but this is like winning a race before. at the Special Olympics, man. I'll come in first place, but I still just beat retards. So, oh, Ryan, hey, no. I got to do it somewhere because I no. can't do it on Twitter. No, <laughs> Ryan, no. Uh, that was, that was, that was me. Address your hate mail to Ryan, not to Bert. Uh, oh. okay. As horrible as that was though, Bert, it's a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was in poor taste. And, Absolutely. Uh, was, but uh, yes, it was definitely, uh, I suppose a joke, you know? Well, that's what she said. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, fuck. Is this, is this what? Is this what I'm going to have to deal with now? No, 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 no. You know, there's far, far worse things than this. I, I can think of two right off the top of my head. One really big one. You want to know what it is? What's that? The news. Of course. What's in the news this week, uh, Ryan? We got, a, we got a good bit of news this week. Um, little tech, a little video game, little RPGs. Uh, cool. I don't even, I don't remember. I don't know if there's a board game thing tossed in there or not. So we got a lot of a lot of interesting things. You know, we're coming up on my favorite holiday, if you can call it a holiday, which is Halloween, um, which means that scary movie season is here. And oh, yes. We, we Super talked happy to, with scary movie season. Yeah. Love yeah. that. We, yep, we, my we favorite talked too. about all things autumn and Halloween in, in a previous episode. But uh, one of the great directors of the horror genre John Carpenter kicks off our news. You know John Carpenter. 
Of course. I mean, classics like The Thing and, you know, uh, They Live and... uh, It's funny you say They Live. Uh, We were sitting around the other day, me and the boss, right? Right. um, Going through my movie collection, and she uh, said, what's that? I've never seen that, referring to They Live. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, of course. Now, you you know what happened, right? She has now... (laughs) She has now seen They Live. At the end of it, she's like, uh, yeah, that wasn't as good as you told me it was going to be. And I, I was up front with her, Bert. I really was. I, I said, you know, this is a movie. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is That's a movie. That's true. It is a movie. That has glimpses of superb greatness in it, which it does. And it's eerily foreshadowing sort of the social and corporate culture of today. So if you want to look at it as sort of an oracle for, for things to come, you can. But I said right up front, it's not the greatest movie. It's a really good, bad movie is what it is. Right. I mean, it is by no means a great film. It has interesting social commentary. It's got an interesting story. The acting in it is kind of rowdy, rowdy Piper, rowdy, rowdy Piper. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, Uh, I I even, I even told her up front before we even started it, which is something that I normally wouldn't do. I said, and not only is it a good, bad movie, but it's got an atrocious ending. (laughs) That's true. It does have a very terrible ending. Like you, you, you can, you can go through it and be like, ah, this isn't great. This is. And then you get to the end, and you're like, "That fucking was a terrible ending." Um. Anyway, she's seen They Live, and uh, I don't think she has any aspirations to see it again. It's not on her list of guilty pleasures. Then? No, no. I'll still watch it again, right? Because I'm all out of bubble gum. But right. Well, I mean, not only are you. Uh... You know, not only are you a bad movie fan, but you're a wrestling fan too. So it kind of hits you with a double whammy. Uh, 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 live. Uh, uh, recovering wrestling fan. Uh, okay, recovering wrestling fan. Did you realize that it's now five years since I consider myself to be a wrestling fan? I did not. Yeah. Is there uh, is there a ceremony? Should we get cake? No, 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 no. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> back to John Carpenter, right? Right. Okay. John Carpenter is a particular video game that he thinks would make a quote real great movie. <laughs> ah, okay. What video game is that? Uh, the the video game that he thinks would make a real great movie is Dead Space. Did you play Dead Space? Um, I did. I did. There was an animated Dead Space movie. <laughs> you heard the chagrin in my voice there um, right he he was talking about how he is still even at his ripe old age a pretty avid gamer and he talked about how he's keeping up with you know borderlands and horizon forbidden west but he talked about how dead space really pulled him in and it would make a fantastic horror game and he is quote addicted i got hooked on this fallout 76 game been hooked for a good long time 
You know, I know it had bugs coming out and a lot of it was put down, but I think it's great. It's really fun to play. So John Carpenter, in addition to wanting to make a Dead Space movie, is rolling around West Virginia. <laughs> that is not what I expected a world-famous director to be doing in his free time. I know, right? It's great. So, yeah, I, I would totally watch a John... I'll, I'll watch John Carpenter anything, first of all. So... Bias. <laughs> I'm acknowledging bias that I will uh, watch John Carpenter anything, but uh, I will for sure watch a John Carpenter Dead Space movie. Uh, here we go. Here's a short one for you. You ready? I'm ready. I, I, I'm going to be able to do it in like three sentences. Konami officially announces Silent Hill F and a Silent Hill 2 remake. Period. One of the press release photos is the girl that's made of flowers, period. <laughs> We're done. Okay, so that... Uh, We're done. That, We're done. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's all we need to say. <laughs> yeah. This is not Silent Hill. Kicking back over to video games. I, I don't have a board game this week. I, I'm kind of, kind of surprised. Uh, there's an interesting little indie game that I played that I think is apropos for the season, and it's a really good little little good game. It does everything you would expect an indie horror game to do. You are, for lack of a better term, a janitor, and you are cleaning up a haunted house. It is a haunted house cleaning simulator. Okay. <laughs> Late Night Mop is the name of this particular game. And it's uh, pretty much exactly what you would expect from a simulation game. You go around and you mop up blood and viscera and, you know. What what does take ectoplasm out of carpet? Uh, <laughs> sparkle troll tears. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It's available on Itch.io right now for Windows and Mac. It's pay what you want with a $0 minimum. So even you cheap bastards can go out there and play it, but please flip them $2. And don't make it less than $2, because if you make it less than $2, it might as well just be 0 because everybody takes their piece of the pie. Um, Late Night Mop, pay what you want, Itch.io. It's a fun little game. Fun little game. It sounds, I mean... It's kind of like you you never think about it, but it almost reminds you of like background characters. Like when you think of like a movie universe or like a television show, like those background characters, you never really think about them, but they have to exist, right? Right. Somebody has to clean up those murder scenes and <laughs> you know Jizz Mopper in Times Square. Someone's gotta do it. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. All right. RPGs or tech? Uh, let's go RPGs. All right. Uh, you've played Kids on Bikes. I have. It's very fun. The Kids on Bikes creator is, or one of the creators, uh, co-creator, I should say, uh, Doug Lewandowski, uh, who's also done some other stuff in that genre, is creating a new RPG that's going to hit Kickstarter soon called Home, which, guess what? You create your own haunted house. So you are creating uh, using a sort of interesting hybrid of cards and pencil and paper, your haunted house that will have some sort of terrible secret that draws in victims and traps them. 
Uh, Home is a horror tabletop RPG. Like I said, it's got some board gamey elements to it, but it definitely has piqued my interest just because the the creator did good work with kids on bikes, mm-hmm. and um, I you know dig the haunted house theme. Sure, and I like the idea of having something supplemental or tangible, especially when you're looking at something like this. This isn't a campaign game. This is a one-shot to maybe three- or four-shot game. And um, I don't mind having those extra moving pieces when you're not all in on a theater of the mind campaign. You know, Right. I mean, it's a great thing for things like there are always like whenever I'm in a campaign, it seems like there's always some downtime between when the last campaign ends and the new one starts. Or, you know, if your DM or your game master has to be out for a week because your DM sucks because of issues or whatever, <laughs> it makes a night. It, it's a, it's something that you could slot in and fill in um, and still have fun with. But you're right. It does sound like something that would be short term rather than a campaign or a, a long term pro- long term project. It does. It has some board gamey randomness to it, as far as like room distribution and layout. Uh, very much think Blackmore and Manor, or dare I say, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Uh, but it is still at its core a tabletop RPG because you know you have a character, and that character has a specific need that needs to be filled even at the risk of being lost within the house forever. So I'll be watching this. I actually broke my Kickstarter promise and pledged it on Kickstarter. So we will have a copy coming to us just because, you know, hey, it's fucking haunted house. Uh, <laughs> means we're going to close out with tech this week. What's new in the tech world, Ryan? Uh, this one jumped out at me. Um, it is another crowdfunding campaign. But it's super interesting. One of the former Facebook engineers who has some sort of Pan-Asian name that I'm not going to try to pronounce because I would not do him justice doing so, um, is launching a crowdfunding campaign for something called Ukama. And what Ukama is, is it is an antenna that you would roof mount or balcony mount. Okay. And it takes your home internet and broadcasts it as 4G LTE. So basically you're providing... Your own phone service. Interesting. So you're becoming a cellular tower. Pretty much. And, and the theory is that if enough people get on this, then there could effectively be free LTE via mesh. Now, here's the problem. How many people are going to have the tech confidence and the ability to casually pony up 800 bucks plus? 800 is the minimum. Right, realistically, you're probably in for fifteen hundred bucks to do this, and how reliable is your network going to be? Now, out of the box, the 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 core kit with an amplifier, so about twelve hundred dollars, will supposedly give you almost a mile range. So that's pretty good, 
right? But after you get outside of a mile, you're kind of on your own. So I, I can see this being really great if some insane billionaire came in and just nominated households on a map to do this. But I don't right. see it working long term out of pocket. Right, right. I mean, it seems like something almost that, uh, like, that you could, like, in urban sprawls and areas where space is at a, a premium, if you could, like, subsidize these and get them to sort of key areas, you wouldn't have to, you know, it would improve coverage. You wouldn't have to have, you know, cell phone towers in, like, sort of weird, out of the way places. You wouldn't have, coverage gaps and things like that. It seems like it's an interesting idea, but asking people to pony up the money basically to provide a service that, that everybody's going to use and nobody chipped in on seems... Well, no, 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 no. Only those that have it are using it, right? So it's a closed service. It's not just open service. Okay. But still, once I go a mile away and I am in a pretty dense populated area, right? True. Right. I am still relatively certain that there's not going to be another Ukama user three quarters <laughs> of a mile from my house. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, the, the the thing is, you know, if it's, it seems like, in concept, it seems like something that's a, that's a great idea. But in practice, you have to reach a certain point of saturation before it even becomes something that's worth it. Right. No, I, I absolutely agree. And like you said... It's going to have to be either subsidized, which I dislike, or crazy billionaire, which I like more because it's crazy billionaire and it's not my tax dollars. <laughs> um, but but it does it's it's just not going to work otherwise, you know. Hey, you know what would be great? Let's pretend that something catastrophic is happening and the government can send everybody twelve hundred dollar checks and they can all buy one of these things. Oh. Never mind. That's the news. That's all I got this week, Bert. That's Ryan, all I got this week. You know we don't get political on I know. Podcast. I'm just poking the bears. I am. Uh, <laughs> you see what happens? You get Ryan. Uh, you get Ryan permanently uh, suspended from Twitter, and he he loses his goddamn mind. I do. I do. Well, bring me back here, Bert. What do you want to talk about on the back end of the show here? Okay. Well, I mean there are. A few things that kind of, uh, because of things that happened to me this week, there are a few things that I thought might be good. Have you ever gotten an expansion for a board game that you loved? And integrating that expansion was way more of a pain than you thought it was going to be? I do have Eldritch Horror complete with all nine expansions. Right. That's, I mean, that's true. That, but that's more of a space thing than it is a, uh, you know, th- than it is difficulty integrating. Oh, uh, oh I don't know. We're spoiled, Bert. We play with the card app. True, true. That does make it easier. Uh, the last time we played all in, and this was about six or seven expansions before they had reached the end of their run, we needed two and a half tables. <laughs> okay. So, so okay. yes, I, I feel your pain, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I know that, for example, this week, uh, we went out, celebrated a birthday with a friend of my wife's, 
and he's a big Catan player. Okay. So I know you're not. But no, I'm, and I'm I'm biting my tongue because I have enough ire to spread elsewhere. <laughs> right. I mean, there are board games that I like better than Catan, but I have played it. It is fine. Um, but for his birthday, we bought him one of the expansions for Catan that he didn't have. Sure. So after dinner, after cake, we all decided, you know, we he got this new expansion. He wanted to play it right away. There shall be yes. cake and Catan. Right. So I get the expansion out of the box, and I've got the original Catan, the expansion, a the the instruction booklet for the original Catan, the instruction booklet for the expansion, the can, and then there's the integration like worksheet from original Catan to the expansion. Um, like it just seems like it would have been so much easier if they had integrated, like. So when you go to the expansion book, it's like, okay, so get these things out of the box, which we did, no problem. Build this board, which we did, no problem. And then it was like, and here's how you start playing. And then for rules, it was like it only explained the new rules. Like it didn't give you a recap or anything. It was like everything plays like original Catan, except well, I'm a casual Catan player. I play Catan like once a year. So when we sat down to play. I had to have the original Catan rulebook, the expansion rulebook, the integration worksheet. Somebody asked me a question, and I spent, you know, 30 minutes looking for whether or not you could actually do that. <laughs> oh. Not to mention you had to play Catan when it was all over with. So, no, <laughs> but, I, I can answer your question with reasonable certainty as to the reason they, they did it that way. Cha-ching. Uh, four more pages of print, man. Yeah, but I mean, it, it would be so much easier if you said, okay, here's a recap of the rules from Original Catan. For more details, see your Original Catan rulebook. And then we would only have one workbook that we had to use to play this expansion. Now, let me play devil's advocate here. If you're sure. buying a Catan expansion, right? is it safe to say that, and Catan rules aren't hard or deep, right? That is also what she said. Is it safe to assume that you are very, very well versed with the rules of Catan? Not necessarily. I mean, I the uh, one of his friends they they played Catan one time and they went out and they bought uh, you know Catan and then they bought the expansions because they didn't want to to miss them while they were in print. Ah, so okay, so. They were a completionist like you. You bought all 47 <laughs> expansions for, um, you know, for Eldritch Horror. I sure did. So they went, they bought all the expansions and now they played Catan exactly once and they have like eight manuals they need to play expanded Catan games. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Now, I, I think I think that this is a, a good example even though it's Catan and I'm poking fun at Catan. Right. I think it's just a good example in general of assumptions that developers are making. Now, again, I would be willing to bet some of my own dollars that it was a dollars and cents decision. But I think that when you're going through and producing something that is an added experience to a core experience, you are working under the assumption that the core experience is mastered. 
And, and here's where that logic falls short. As you know, expansions and extra content now versus 10 years ago are being created at inception. 10 years ago, right. they were created as they needed to be created. Now it's, okay, we've got this. And if we hit this stretch goal, we'll give you this expansion. And if we hit this stretch goal, we'll give you this expansion. Or if you're in the retail market, it is, we're going to launch this with expansion and expansion and expansion. Again, dollars and cents decisions. But right. you want your you want your cash flow to continue from your ba- from your user base, right? But you're not taking into consideration that in especially in a scenario like yours, you're not necessarily going to have proficiency. So it's a design loophole that unfortunately the money machine ha- has created, and we're never gonna we're never gonna get away from it, Bert. I suppose not. I mean, it, it's kind of irritating just because, especially with expansions, expansions go in and out of print all the time. Like, I've seen games where you have, there, there are games I know that you have that you couldn't find the expansion for it for years. There is one that I'm game. still chasing for years. Yes. Right. So, you know, people who are buying it to have the complete game because they played it once and enjoyed it, you know, it isn't as rare as you would think, and it's you know it's just kind of irritating. Hey, I've got two copies of Black Secret for Ghost Stories. Just saying. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> no, no, I I hear you because you know there is a particular game that is up there. It's in my top five. That there is one missing piece of the puzzle that I cannot get. I cannot find it in print. I cannot find it in the outrageous secondary market. And you're you're right. It it drives you bonkers. <laughs> so Right, especially if it's something that you really enjoy. That's like right now I'm, you know, I've been losing my mind because they released those three expanded boards for terraforming Mars and they're out of print. Can't get my hands on them. Yeah. Yeah, but that one at least at least you have a big enough uh, publisher and a big enough fan base that you are more than likely going to be able to get them in a reprint. That one, right, I, I would certainly hope so. I, I think you sit tight and you'll be you'll be in good shape. So uh, I don't know. There, there's not really a definitive answer to the question because it's going to be different for every board game and every scenario and every player. Right? What what level of of expertise those players have? So. Sure. Uh, maybe the four pages is worth the print. Maybe the four pages was the difference in a particular price point too. So we'll we'll never know. And I right. don't, I don't think uh, Hasbro is going to be hiring me anytime soon. So. <laughs> right, right. I don't I don't see that happening. No, no. Considering that one of the people that was gloating that I'm deplatformed was a member of the uh, development team. So. Oh, I said I wasn't going to name names. I'm not going to name names. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, let's talk about some tabletop gaming. Okay. I had an interesting idea this week. Um, we were talking off the air. You know right. that I have one of those video games that I pulled from my backlog that just never played. And... Um, Certainly not a five-star game, but certainly not a three-star game either. It's 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 a good game, um, and I've been playing it a lot. Tell everybody what it is. 
Hitman. Yes, yes, I've been playing the remastered version of Hitman and Hitman 2 and and now Hitman 3. And um, been enjoying it. It's, it's a nice little time waste, right? Uh, can't always just turn it on and sink 15 minutes into it because literally some of the scenarios are hours. Right. But um, interesting enough to captivate me to spark my creative juices and, and get them sort of flowing. I guess you don't spark juices. You, you milk juices. So it milked me good. And <laughs> I was sitting back and thinking, you know what would be great at the Nerd Cognito table? If we did a one-shot that was an assassination scenario. Interesting. So one player is the actual hitman. One player is going to be sort of the Oracle character that is, you know, in the ear of the team and doing the intel and, and running things behind the scenes. One player is going to be just a distractor that's on the scene but completely uh, detached from the hitman to create diversion and chaos. And one, one, one would be the inside job person. So you got the girl in, at the cocktail bar. That, that's really working on your side. And um, if you craft it the right way, don't overplan it. Let the table tell the story. I think it would be an amazing one-shot experience. The only thing that I'm struggling with is what system should I use as the foundation? I have one that I'm leaning towards, and okay. um, but I want to hear from you first. All right. Well, I mean, looking at it, first of all, um, it's a pretty original idea. I don't think I've ever, you know, played a one shot that was like a straight assassination style hit mission. Right. So that's a, you know, that, that right there has a, is a bonus um, as far as that's concerned. The way that when you describe sort of what you're looking for, it has a lot of sort of dramatic, like scenic elements, which you know, considering some of the systems I've used, something that's a little more open to that sort of, uh, like, that's not as bogged down in, like, crunchy math might be a good fit for that. Something I like agree. Fate. It has to be something a little more middle of the road. Uh, right, I don't know that like, I would go with fate, but but I'm listening. Keep going. Something like fate, um, you know, where, you know, they, people can create stunts on the fly, and it's very open-ended on kind of, what actions people can take and then you just kind of have to figure out how you're going to take them. Something like fate um, would fit for something like that. I'm trying to think what else might, um, you know, I guess it depends on sort of your setting too. You know, there are assassin classes and things and a bunch of different games that you could use for something like this, but it seems like this leads leans more towards a modern setting than, you know, a fantasy setting or something like that. Right. I was originally thinking D20 modern, but again, it was too crunchy for a one shot. Right. Right. A lot of, lot of, lot of number crunching for D20 modern for a one shot, especially if you're going to have people sort of customize or, you know, create their own characters to, to fill their role. Um, or are you just going to do like pre-mades and handouts? Oh no, no 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 no! I I do want to generate. You know, I, I want people to to pick one of the roles and right. 
um, have sort of like a character generation light. Have it ha- have the characters, I guess, half built. And right, and and that's always good because then your players are invested in those characters too. Right, which makes the for players get to fill in the blank for what they're looking for. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. But um, no, I, I was I was kicking around, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, the Wretched series from our dear friends at the Red Room. Not hugely familiar. I've seen some things about Wretched, but I've never had a chance, an opportunity to play it. And I, I you know, I have Wretched Bastards, uh, which isn't a perfect fit. But uh, I was talking to the, our friends at the Red Room, and they said, "Hey, uh, check out uh, Wretchploitation, which is a modern anti-hero base set that." would work very, very well for this scenario. And um, I, 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 we might play it, man. It, it, it's it's coming out pretty good. Their quick start is available on DriveThruRPG. So you can either look for Wretchploitation, W-R-E-T-C-H, Ploitation, um, or just search for The Red Room and you'll see their whole series. And... Um, it's interesting. It could be a fit. I kind of, I kind of want the the whole thing, and you know me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy just the quick start when the whole right. the whole bang's less than ten bucks. So um, I, I'm curious to to see if that will work. If it doesn't work, do you have anything else that you would point to? I'll tell you right now, I'm not gonna use fate, right? Uh, Fate is out um, both for personal reasons and it's too loose. We're still, you know, when we're dealing with the whole assassination angle, I think you do need a structured base for for just mechanically how stuff will happen. And, and, And Fate's a little too loose for that. And then, you know... right. We're not talking about politics. So, um, Fate is out. Okay, fair enough. I'm trying to think what other systems I've played that might fit for something like this. I tend to do a lot of fantastic elements. Right, so like, right, and, and, know, and that was the thing. Like, there were a couple of systems that I said, oh, this would work great. But it's a step beyond sort of where I was going. I was like... I was like, I was looking at the free league properties, right? And I said, oh, I, okay. I can use any of these, but they they still have that otherworldly something, or that sci-fi something, or that fantasy something that I kind of don't want for this one, right? Right, right. I mean, you know, when when I think about missions like that, you know, the the first thing that my head that my head goes to is something like Shadowrun or Cyber, Cyberpunk, because you've got hackers built into the game which makes your oracle player a little more intro a little easier to build you know you've got um you know concealed weapons and you know augmentation and stuff built into it but that's a total sci-fi element you've got way more than you would want for a realistic like assassination style like even something like an assassinate if you want to play an action movie style assassination one shot it's those would still go way beyond that. That drags it into the fantastical sci-fi world. Yes. 
Yes, I, I, I would absolutely agree with you. So um, I don't know. Don't know where, where I'm going to go. My, I, I guess, uh, Miguel, you got yourself a sale here. I'm going to pick up uh, Retroploitation, and we're going to we're gonna go through that process. But uh, something you think we'd, we'd have a good time with? Absolutely. I mean, I can, going around the table, I can almost picture who um, would want to play the assassin, but I can also picture who we would want to play the assassin. All right, all right. Let's fill the roles, first names only, right? Okay. Let's assume we have a full table. Right. And let's assume that we can duplicate the sub roles. The, The only role that can't be duplicated would be the assassin or the oracle. Right, okay. So let's go around. The, let's start out uh, inside man slash lady. Okay. So let's sure. go around the table. First initials only for the air. Okay. Okay. Um, inside man slash lady slash whatever they may be. Uh, I'm going to have to go with A. A. That's interesting. I was going to put you in that role. I, I could really see you in that role. That's, that's, that's curious. Okay, I mean, I, I would certainly, I would certainly be able to fill that role, but considering A's uh, like role playing history and how much they got into the last role that they had, huh? I can kind of see them sort of diving into that inside okay. man, playing up being a bartender or a doctor or a you know whatever you need. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm not disagreeing because it's not my place. It would be your guy's place because. I'm the one that's trying to kill you. <laughs> um, all right. So inside man, uh, any, any number two contenders for inside man? I guess not. We're, we're at five, right? So we're going to duplicate one role, but uh, right. all right. So if we're not duplicating the inside man, we are duplicating the distractor. Uh, L. L would be a great distractor. I agree. L would be a great distractor. Um, I uh, I could see myself in the distractor role. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't see any of the other people as the distractor. No, no. I, I really don't. Oracle. Oracle. So, Oracle, um, just because of how much of a stickler he is for the rules, I would say D. <laughs> I can see D as the oracle, absolutely. Or A. I can see A as the oracle because it's not really, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I can see that sort of secondary support role going to her. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, the big boy, the assassin. Well, uh, I would want to go, I, I would say the one that everybody would expect would be M. Okay. But I would love to see D in that role. I think D would be a fantastic assassin. And and we don't have to say M for Mikey. Mikey, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Mikey would be a good distractor as well. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, but I can kind of see him, you know, wanting to take on that assassin role. You know, he's... He's sort of the the first guy, the first go to guy for combat when it comes to like role playing. You know what I mean? So, other players' choices aside, what would be your role of choice for me? Yeah, for you. I think I would have a lot of fun as the distractor. 
There you I go. mean, there, there's all kinds of different things that, you know, depending on the scenario, I could plan all kinds of different things for distractions and, you know, messing things up for everybody who's after our assassin. Very, very, very interesting. So, well, maybe we'll get it off the ground. Um, I, I, I would want to give it some some more serious consideration. This was just, you know, me dreaming this up late one night and, and saying, hey, our group would have a really fun time with it, but what do I have for the base, for the foundation? And um, after talking to Miguel on on online, I think that we... Uh, I was going to run it with bastards, and he said, no, you want to run it with... Retchploitation. Man, that, that's a toughie for me. I'm just having a, a tough time with that one. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know what? It's It's got guns and boobs and all the things that you would want. So um, maybe I'll give it a peek. Uh, I'll probably download the quick start as a preview, um, thumb through it, and then throw some dollars his way because, hey, we got to support the OSR. So... They're the only ones that are supporting us right now. <laughs> oh, boy, Bert. It has been an interesting week. Um, again, I should be kicking and screaming, but I guess I'm not. And I'm sorry to disappoint our fans. And right. I'm I mean, not you know, sorry that a, I'm It's not an amalgamation, the, which makes them... I'm not sorry that yet. I am not disappointing. Yeah, that was right. I'm not sorry that I'm not disappointing. those that uh felt the need to just try to live in an echo chamber i just i never understood that concept even pre-social media and i guess i never will i don't know as the guy who was never the one to like scream for attention i i guess i just don't get the whole online like you know the whole online like you know trying to impose your will on people i'm more of a live and let live guy. Uh, it it makes no sense. So, what does make sense is visiting the podcast provider of your choice. Why you say? Well, you're listening to us on them right now, and there you can make sure that you are subscribed to Nerd Cognito. Because God knows I can't tweet you to remind you when a new show comes out. <laughs> uh, but if you subscribe. It will be delivered right to the device of your choice from the podcast provider of your choice with, well, you don't get your choice of hosts. It's still me and Bert. Um, (laughs) But you will make sure that you don't miss an episode, and that's what's most important. Also, 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 this week, please, please, please go onto the Twitter machine if you are so inclined and follow Nerd Cognito. Uh, the powers that be never used that account because uh, I always did the promotion for them. But since I am no longer in the Twitter sphere, uh, we ask that you take a peek and follow at NerdCognito on Twitter and all of that other good stuff. Well, Bert, we're a little early tonight, but I'm okay with that. Um, we're not that much early. We're five minutes early, so right. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think five minutes is going to make or break anything. I don't think it's five minutes that I think the powers that be expected me to be railing and it just didn't happen. I, I, I just, I'm finding it really hard to have any reaction other than (laughs) shit happens. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. So I think we better close this one out and move on to brighter days where hopefully we're, you know, 
fictionally assassinating someone around our gaming table. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting to see, you know, kind of what you come up with for that. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever played in a one shot for you, just campaigns and board games. That That is true. That is true. Uh, I don't typically do one shot. Usually, and this is why, when the one shots come up, I want to play because I'm like always running the game. So <laughs> when, a, when, a, when a one shot comes up, I, it's my sort of chance to stretch my legs and be a gamer. But for this one, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. Well, that will bring this week's Nerd Cognita to a close. Thank you again for tuning in. We certainly appreciate it. Spread, spread, spread your, no, the words. No, no. Where was where was my brain? You know where my brain was. Spread the word. Follow at Nerd Cognito on Twitter. Make sure that you are liked and subscribed. And we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.